Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. Isham invites you to log on, listen, and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This podcast. This is episode number 44. Thanks for joining me. You know, it seems like this summer is just flying by. Lots of changes still happening as we continue to adjust to COVID and now the new variants. You know, but there are some positive things to think about. And really the first thing that comes to mind is the recent vote by you, the Isham membership, to change the organizational name from Isham to HSPA, Healthcare Sterile Processing Association. The membership has spoken and I think that this is a positive change for our organization. You know, something else that comes to mind is the annual conference and expo coming up in October. You know, there's a whole lot of city out there to explore and experience outside the Columbus Convention Center. So join me and treat yourself to a leisurely stroll through the heart and the soul of Columbus's Culinary Ridge, Short North Arts District. You know, it's just a stone's throw away from the conference center. While you're there, you're going to discover uh, great shopping, good food, and a pulsing nightlife. So grab a friend or someone you just met and continue networking in fun ways off-site after the conference. For more information about the conference, you can visit isham.org backslash great expectations. So I'm really excited about the show today. Today's show starts the introduction to a series of podcasts titled The Last 100 Yards. Now, this is a great series that brings experts from all aspects of sterile processing all gathered to explore the last 100 yards. So you might be asking yourself, what exactly is the last 100 yards? Well, you're going to have to stick with me for the next hour or so and find out. But before we get to that, Let's get into this next segment that's been really on a sabbatical for the last several months. Let's get into what's on my mind. All right. Well, some of you out there uh, may not be you know, one of those day one podcasters. So if you're new to the podcast, uh, let me take a second to explain uh, what this segment's all about. So this segment, What's On My Mind, is really uh, my rant, right? This is my opportunity to talk about current events, you know, or something that I think is really important to our industry, or quite simply, just whatever I want to talk about. So here we go. Recently, I was fortunate enough to attend the AST Surgical Conference. Now, if you're not familiar with the conference, this is the Conference for Surgical Technologists, kind of like the Isham Annual Conference is our conference. Well, the AST has their own surgical conference. And I have the pleasure of being both a surgical uh, technologist and a sterile processing technician. Well, this year, the conference was held in Las Vegas, Nevada. And if you're asking yourself if I gambled, well, no, I didn't. I'm, I'm just not that lucky. 
So, and I don't like to lose money, so uh, it's not really for me. But if anyone listening has ever attended, you know, really any type of conference, then you know one of the best parts of the conference is meeting people, you know, those interactions, either reconnecting with old friends or really meeting new ones. You know, if you really know me, if you know my personality, then you would know that I'm really a total introvert. Uh, It really takes a lot for me to uh, step outside, get out of my comfort zone, step out of my shell. But I think one exception for me is the conference. I like to meet new people at the conference who share uh, kind of some of our uh, same experiences. So I had a great time. Uh, I met some new folks. Folks like Kevin Craycraft, you know, he is the incoming AST president. So congratulations, Mr. Craycraft. Uh, Kevin, I hope you have a successful uh, next two years in your uh, position. And then I met Trevor. Now, I'm not going to mention Trevor's last name, but Trevor, you know, is a new friend uh, who not only is a surgical tech, just like me, but he's also in charge of sterile processing at his facility, right? So it's great to meet up with Trevor. Uh, great to get to know a little bit about him. You know, both of these guys, Kevin and Trevor, were both great guys, and I really did uh, enjoy meeting both of them. So while I was at the conference, uh, listening to speakers and really hearing the questions coming from the participants, I started to notice a trend. A lot of the problems or the issues being brought up were not only issues that surgical techs faced, but there were also issues that sterile processing folks encounter every day. Now, one example that I that really stands out that I remember was a participant spoke out about consolidating vendor rep trays. Now, she is a surgical technician in the operating room, and she kind of stated that You know, on any given day, she's opening 20, 30 surgical trays for a spine procedure. And opening that many trays is really daunting. It's extremely time consuming. And with so many trays, you know, there's always that risk because of the handling, you know, goes through uh, sterile processing upstairs and, you know, lots of handling. You know, the nurses are touching them. And for whatever reason, there's always that risk of having a tray that has a whole or a tear in the wrapping. As I listened to this particular participant, uh, I could really feel her frustration. And I found myself saying, yes, you know, I agree. You know, sterile processing folks would much rather sterilize two vendor trays than 20 or 30 trays for every single case. You know, I completely agree. And I think most of you out there would agree with me. You know, we don't want to do that many trays, but, you know, sometimes it's really just not up to us. You know, so we're not that far off from each other. And I think probably most of you feel the same way. You know, are there any opportunities as sterile processing professionals for us to reach out to the surgical team, to our surgical tech partners, and really start consolidating trays or collaborate in some other area. You know, I think there is. I think there is a lot that we can do if we put aside the us versus them mentality. You know, we are not that different from each other. We both share the same goal of safer patient care. 
So next time you talk with the OR or a surgical technologist, find out how you can help each other. You know, and you, if you have an idea, you know, on how we can collaborate to improve patient care, send me an email, podcast at isham.org. You know, again, that's podcast at isham.org. I, I look at every email that comes to that email address. You know, I look forward to seeing your ideas, but let me know. Let me know how we can collaborate. Let me know your thoughts and what we can do. You know, and I, it was a great conference, but, you know, it really just shows that, you know, we're not that different from our surgical technician partners. So with that, that's going to do it for this segment of What's On My Mind. I'm excited and have the pleasure to introduce the new podcast series, The Last 100 Yards. The Last 100 Yards is an experience like no other, an in-depth series that focuses on different issues and topics in ways we never have before from a 360 perspective. Join me as we investigate topics affecting sterile processing and packaging with the help of scientists, manufacturers, engineers, and sterile processing professionals just like you. Partner with me and the KIPP committee as we explore the last 100 yards. Like I said in the intro, I'm here with several folks that participate in the KIPP committee that are essentially investigating the last 100 yards. Now, before we get into introductions, can you tell me and the listeners, uh, really, what is KIPP? Help us understand what KIPP is. What does KIPP stand for and what does it mean? Sure, John. KIPP stands for Kilmer Innovations in Packaging. And what it means is it's actually a pretty big concept that I don't think has ever actually been done before. It's a kind of grassroots industry effort to try and break down the barriers uh, in the value chain of sterility assurance so uh, for medical devices, right? So from the point uh, the package is applied to the device through to sterilization, any final pass that happens out into distribution, um, onto the shelves of healthcare facilities, onto carts and into hands um, that bring it up to or into the operating theater, and then in some cases even back to the storage location, trying to include all of those people in a conversation and um, collaboration to innovate so that we can make things easier from a design perspective for the users and so that we can also understand what the users go through and how they use our packaging for the medical devices that they're opening and applying to patients. All in the spirit of patient safety. Probably more than you wanted. No, that's great. So can somebody help explain really the vision and the mission of KIPP and the KIPP movement? Sure, I'll take that one too, John. As I was part of the original group of eight um, packaging professionals that met a few years ago at Kilmer Conference, 
um, a conference that Johnson & Johnson puts on for all of industry and um, through the healthcare uh, workers and everything. So the vision is improving patient outcomes and clinician delight through the science and engineering of sustainable packaging. And then the mission is collaboration, connection, education, and promotion of the value of medical device sterility assurance and its maintenance through the value chain for protecting patient safety and improving healthcare outcomes. So we have some pretty lofty goals, uh, but we have a great and active group that you're going to hear from here today, some of them, to share a little bit more about what we're doing. Yeah, that's great. And so you mentioned a little bit about the Kilmer Conference. So can you kind of expand on how KIPP got started and what really was the genesis of this movement? Sure. Yeah, this is this is Ralph, and I'll take that. And, and uh, yes, I as I always say, Jen is the genesis. So Jen Benolkin that was just speaking uh, is, is really the person that got this whole group going. So, uh, uh, and, and as, as Jen alluded to, J&J puts on a major conference every about every three years and bringing together industry leaders in the area of sterilization and sterility assurance. And the vision of the Kilmer Conference, I would say, is broadening. And one of that is because it, it was it has historically been very focused in on sterility assurance. But the leaders of Kilmer have wanted to broaden that with the recognition that, look, hey, there's a whole lot more involved in delivering sterile goods to the patients, to the use on the patients. So uh, when we met in Dublin uh, in, in uh, 2019, Jen uh, brought together a group of us that were attending Kilmer that are involved in packaging and had quite a nice cross-section representative of different stakeholders in that meeting. And the question that was thrown out on the table is, do we have a problem? Is there an opportunity to do things better? And as we met, uh, you know, the answer was yes. And from that uh, has grown then uh, the KIPP movement. We, the original group that uh, Jen alluded to of eight, we've all eight are still actively involved and uh, represent device manufacturers, manufacturers of packaging, academicians, uh, standards, people from standards, and also from healthcare facilities. And then we reached out and broadened that and, and brought in and, and looked to bring in other stakeholders. Speaking about stakeholders, you know, KIPP is made up or this committee is made up of several different uh, stakeholders from medical packaging, or some folks might refer to it as value chain, what does that really mean? Who are the stakeholders involved? Well, this is Sue and I could take that one. So the stakeholders involved from my aspect as a user are the people in the healthcare facility. Once we get the packaging, it's up to us to make sure that we can deliver the package completely sterile to the patient. And so as we've gone down you know, the meetings that we've had, We've had a lot of aha moments, both from the user end and also from the manufacturers end. When we're talking about packaging, you know, how items are packaged and really what happens to the package once it gets to the hospital. And so it's been eye-opening, I think, for both sides, both from the manufacturers to see what really happens in the hospital once we get the packages, all of the handling that we have to do to preserve the integrity of the sterile item and also, as a user, you know, we've had a lot of aha moments from the packaging engineers, all that goes into the packaging. And some things that have really helped, and I'll talk about this later, is 
the packaging engineers have done so much research on package sterile integrity that we're going to be able to use a lot of that as we develop the AMI TIR on external transportation. So everyone here today is involved in one or more of the upcoming episodes in the last 100 yard series. So let's pause for a minute uh, and let's make some introductions. So if I could have each of you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what being involved in this movement really means to you. And so let's go ahead and start off with you, Jennifer. Sure, thanks. Uh, so Jennifer Binokin, I have been in the medical device industry for 30 years. Actually, this month is my anniversary and I can't believe that it's literally 30 years. <laughs> uh, the college that I went to was a five-year co-op program and my undergrad is in manufacturing system engineering. Um, even though there are quite a few people with packaging engineering degrees, I don't actually have one. Um, they put me on the sterile pack line first thing, first day on the job in July of 1991. And honestly, I haven't looked back since. Uh, I just fell in love with the people that, that packaged the devices and the hearts that were in them and why they were doing it for the patients. And I, I wanted to be able to help people. Uh, I, I knew I couldn't be bedside because that might be a little bit too overwhelming for me. But just knowing that the work that I do every day ultimately can help save hundreds of thousands of lives every day is pretty cool. So um, I've been in various positions over the years. Currently, I'm at DuPont as a medical device manufacturer and regulatory representative. So I work with the medical device manufacturers uh, in their packaging and use of packaging uh, for their sterile goods and also participate in regulatory committees um, supporting the best practice for packaging. And next we have Ralph. Yeah, yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, that, uh, Ralph Basile, uh, I'm the Vice President of Marketing and Regulatory Affairs for Healthmark Industries Company, and uh, I've, John's got 30 years, I got a few more than her and, uh, <laughs> in, in the industry. And, uh, um, and as a company, we, uh, we do for many years, we've been involved in products that are related to uh, the delivery of sterile, sterile items, primarily products that are help that are used by healthcare facilities to prepare and sterilize items within the facility itself, uh, as opposed to uh, working with OEMs that deliver finished uh, sterile goods. And, and that's really, kind of, that's where my interest started. I, I, I think like everyone on this call uh, will say our interest has grown as I've just learned so much. I learned so much from that first meeting at, at the Kilmer conference, because even though I knew a number of people in the room, we just had conversations that in that room that we had never had before. But I, I just, I, I just am so excited about what this group is being able to do because we're, we really are talking all the different stakeholders about what happens and how to deliver a sterile package, a product to the patient. And we're kind of, I guess, sort of, I, I feel like sometimes like the man in the middle because, you know, we're on the, we're industry, but you know, our primary customers are the, are the healthcare facility. So this has been not only eye opening but also a great opportunity to, to, to try to help to make things better. And, and, um, just been a, one of the most rewarding activities I've been in in my 30 plus years in the industry. And how about my colleague, Sue Klesik? Thanks, John. And it's a pleasure working with you. John and I both work for Isham 
and I am the Isham representative to Amy, which I have been doing for 25 years. And so in my background is a lot of healthcare processing. I've been a, I was a sterile processing manager for well over 30 years. And so I have a lot of experience in that area along with the, with the Amy standards. And so you can bridge the two, you know, what actually happens in the healthcare facilities and the standards. But I'm very excited to be with the Kilmer Group because of all of the research that goes on, um, the packaging engineers, you know, they've taught me an awful lot. And there's a lot of wins that I could see us taking from manufacturing and a lot of the research that's going on at Kilmer and applying that into the a brand new TIR that's being developed at Amy. And that is TIR 109 for external transportation of healthcare processed items. Um, it's wonderful to have this collaboration and understand how the, the environment and everything affects our packaging. And it's really exciting to be with people who have the same passion as I do, and that is to deliver sterile packages to our patients when they need them. Great, and let's move on. And next we have Jane. Thanks, John. This is Dr. Jane Severin. Uh, I've been a packaging professional in the healthcare and medical device uh, industries for over 30 years, just like my colleagues, Sue and Ralph, uh, Jen and Ralph. Um, I have experience in all aspects of the healthcare packaging value chain from raw material uh, development and sales to the end of use, the point of use for the healthcare professional. So KIPP is an opportunity for me to have quality interactions with healthcare professionals about packaging. The more input I get from them, the better packages I can design. And this ultimately leads to improving patient safety, which is my passion. And then uh, ultimately uh, it helps the patient. So I developed this passion for patient safety when I was going to school. I have a, P a PhD in medical packaging I worked in the hospital at, in a hospital pharmacy, and I really uh, grew to understand that the connection between the healthcare workers and the engineers that work for um, various companies, how important that is, so we each understand each other's needs. And then Austin? Hey, Kipsters. My name is uh, Austin Liu, and I currently work for Steripac USA, a contract services organization as a senior project manager. Um, I guess I'm a bit on the younger side of this group. I, I graduated <laughs> uh, with a degree in packaging engineering from Michigan State University about two years ago. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to learning from these, uh, my colleagues here um, within the KIPP community. You know, being in a packaging degree really kind of mixes the art of business science um, and just about everything that an organization needs to consider. And I think I fell into the healthcare industry because of the human element. Um, every decision has the opportunity to make an impact on patients at a global scale. So that's why I'm really interested in, you know, being with this group and being involved with KIPP. I think, um, you know, as a packaging engineer, how can we affect patient and promote patient safety. Well, we can validate packaging systems to make sure they get to hospitals maintaining their sterile integrity. We can develop packaging so that it's easier for healthcare professionals to open and dispense them into the sterile field. A whole bunch of things we'll, we'll start talking about as the uh, podcast series unravels. In my opinion, you know, being part of 
KIPP is the best opportunity out there uh, for individuals to learn different perspectives and technical know-how within the sterility assurance value chain. And I think that's probably the most important part of KIPP. What are the provocative discussion that, that people can kind of, I'll say cross-contaminate, that's probably not the best wording, but really cross-contaminate and learn from each other so we can grow as an industry and a segment. Um, whether it's a packaging engineer to a healthcare professional or a central sterilization department or um, even a sterilization expert within the industry. Um, and then being involved within the KIPP movement is important because it's filled with passionate individuals. And furthermore, we're building a, a focused body of knowledge to strengthen the next generation's ability to promote patient safety. So that's why I'm involved. And next we have Catherine. Hi everyone, I'm Catherine Olson. Uh, I'm a staff packaging engineer at a medical device uh, manufacturer out in Virginia, Microsurgical Instruments. I've been in industry about 10 years now. Uh, my entire my entire work experience has been in the medical device packaging side. Um, and I've been part of KIPP now for about just over a year, getting close to a year and a half since Health Pack 2020, right before the world shut down. I still remember Jen and some, well, actually it was Jen and Jen, Jen Goff and Jen Benolkin coming up and asking, well, who wants to be part of this new initiative? It's the last hundred yards. And that was really intriguing because being a little bit on the newer end of, I guess, the scale here on uh, years of experience and in industry, I still sort of remember some of the first things that were hard to get a hold of when I first started. And that was just understanding what's going on in the healthcare facilities, in the hospitals where our product as a packaging engineer, my product is a package. And how are those being used by our users, the nurses or some of the technicians and really getting an understanding of what was going on there. So I really wanted to be able to, and I saw this opportunity to make an impact for other engineers to help understand what's going on in that, in that part of the life cycle of our, of our product. Hope we're hoping, and I'm kind of hoping there too, that we can maybe have some you know tangible good at the end of this so to speak for either whether it be new standards or white papers or something that we can come up with to share and uh honestly the other part of this for me that was really enticing was that a little bit of a selfish side it would help me better understand what goes on so that i can better my packaging designs in the future and then i get to work with some really awesome and brilliant individuals i mean everyone here that that you're hearing from i mean they are top of their of their fields and it's just been an awesome experience and then last but not least uh dave hey everybody it's uh dave degrossi i um i've had a career in sterile processing that spanned uh over 32 years 32 years and seven months not that anyone's counting but um <laughs> yeah it's been um a lifetime in this field and I've done everything from being a technician to a supervisor to a manager to uh, running my state chapter to being president of Isham, working on the Amy committees, and finally now running my own consulting business within the profession, which has allowed me to visit and, and, and interact with a lot more hospitals hands-on uh, in the last three years. But I think really, uh, I think the team's hit on it. Sue hit on it. The rest of the team hit on it. It's just this eye-opening, the interaction with industry and 
like they call us in, in the Amy meetings with the users, with the people that actually use the product has been really eye-opening um, from design and, and materials to, uh, in, in, you know, engaging with the other side and letting them know how we actually use products. If, if you think of this world, uh, there's two there's two worlds. There's the industry. There's the single-use devices that come in. There's a packaging. There's tons of packaging systems for that. And then within the sterile processing profession, we are producing product and we are packaging product in, in various means. And what is what does that look like? So uh, it I, it's been really interesting. To, I guess in the first uh, stages, we all recognize we only know what we know. And that education across the aisle is really what had to occur first before we could really move forward to figure out how do we improve it. So I'm really excited to be part of this. Well, it's great to meet each of you and it's great to have you on the show. I'm glad you're here. I look forward personally to speaking with each of you in the upcoming episodes. So moving on, as we talk about KIPP, so KIPP started around two years ago can I have somebody kind of bring us up to speed about what's been accomplished in this last two years? Absolutely. I'll take this one. This is Jen. Uh, so two years ago, Ralph mentioned we were at uh, Kilmer Conference in Ireland um, leading into the conference. We had hardly any abstracts submitted for presentation on packaging. So that track was actually dissolved. But what we decided to do was to congregate as much as possible the packaging people that were there uh, and, and try and figure out a way to socialize the concept of Kilmer Conference uh, such that the next conference that would come, which is coming up next summer, 2022, uh, would have a little bit higher presence of packaging. So we sat down and to Ralph's point, we, you know, what's the problem? Do we have a problem? And, and sure enough, we did. And so from that initial meeting that I think was originally scheduled for an hour that went two or three hours. Uh, the eight of us had continued to meet and, you know, we, we came up with a game plan. I mean, all of us are so used to having procedures to follow and SOPs and, you know, quality systems and all of this stuff. And there's nothing um, for what we're doing right now. And so it's kind of the blind leaving the blind a little bit. Um, it's fun and it's scary all in the same breath, uh, but but we're finding our way and, and that's the part that's I think really kind of the most rewarding and most fun. So what we first started doing is figuring out a way to socialize this concept. And so at many of the industry functions, and Dave just mentioned Amy, including Amy, uh, we made presentations talking about not only Kilmer Conference, but also about this new group that we formed, KIPP and uh, kind of started to get people on board. We then did a call to action, asking people, you know, what are you interested in doing? Because um, we'd identified through an initial survey when we were socializing these four different buckets, being sustainability and end of life, the last 100 yards, so what happens to that package once it hits the healthcare door? Um, let's speed things up. Um, I think we can all acknowledge that it takes a long time time sometimes to get things done uh, and we're trying to find ways to, to get that better and then um, a septic presentation I think we're going to go into a little bit of an explanation of each of those here coming up but so we we've created a LinkedIn group we have about 250 members there um, again because we're building it as we go 
we don't have all the answers, but we're finding them as we need them. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't even really know what else to say about it right now. We've accomplished a lot, but we know that we still have a, a long way to go. But we've got a lot of enthusiasm, great ideas, and fantastic people. So you just mentioned uh, some several topics that you guys are focusing on. Can you kind of explain a little bit about those topics? Sure. I'll talk about sustainability and end of life. Um, this is something that's really heating up right now and has been kind of heating for the last few years. It's um, starting to turn into a regulatory concern. Traditionally, it's been uh, more social um, and kind of in, in between group purchasing or organizations, GPOs have started making decisions based on whether the product is um, considered sustainable or not, or like what the company that manufactured stance on sustainability is. And in the packaging community, sustainability is, is a really big thing as well. It seems probably a little bit contradictory in terms, you know, packaging people concerned about sustainability, but we are. So like what happens to that package once it's been opened? Does it go into the trash? Does it go into a landfill? Does it get incinerated? Does it get recycled? Does it get repurposed? Uh, so that's what the sustainability and end of life group is looking at is what happens to that package after it's been used. Um, I'll have Jane explain a little bit about 100 yards and then Ralph to let speed things up and Dave a septic presentation if you're okay with that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the, John, the last 100 yards is basically what Jen said. It focuses basically on the distribution and handling of a sterile package from the point of delivery at the hospital or warehouse dock to the point of use on the patient. The regulations that we as packaging engineers deal with state that our packages should be qualified all the way to the point of use. While we understand very well what happens to our packages prior to the last 100 yards, prior to that delivery to the hospital dock, we need to better understand as an industry what is actually occurring in the last 100 yards. So ultimately we can design better packages and ultimately feed into better patient safety. Uh, we have a couple of exciting studies that we're going to be uh, kicking off in the next several weeks. Uh, and I look forward to sharing that data with you on the completion of uh, those studies. Yeah, this is Ralph. So I guess I'll, I'll just speak briefly about the let's speed things up. And Jane kind of alluded to that as far as the regulations that the medical device manufacturers are uh, required to validate their packaging as well as other aspects of, of their device and the sterility of it, et cetera. And that's one of the pinch points. And there's a few pinch points, if you will, in product development and getting products to market. One of them is regulatory, as I just alluded to. Another one is all the testing that needs to be done in order to validate packaging. And I'll probably come back to that one in a minute. And then there's the innovation and how can we innovate packaging and get those new innovative designs uh, through the regulatory process and into the hands of the end user to, again, make things better. I alluded to, I just was talking about uh, speeding things up and testing. And one of the things we're, we're just so proud of, we, we don't have a representative from that group on this call today, but we are most proud of this group because they, were the, they are the first group to have gotten awarded a grant from the Amy Kilmer Fund, and it's for a project that they've entitled Wicked Stability. And just a quick overview, not to go into much detail, but it's, hey, you know, 
as device manufacturers, a lot of us are doing the same testing over and over again in our own silo, uh, material compatibility, material appropriateness, et cetera, testing. And is there an opportunity to standardize that and to then speed up that process or reduce the burden of that testing? So we're, like I said, we're very excited for that group and, and really proud of them. So on to Dave. Great. And uh, yeah, it's a great segue because obviously, you know, at the end of the last hundred yards, we have to use a product and the aseptic presentation is going to be at that final user endpoint where we're opening a product. And it's great because, again, this is an area where we have the opportunity to give feedback. We, you know, we want to meet, we have to meet parameters for maintaining sterility, uh, chemical compositions and all the science that goes in it. And then ultimately we need to make it friendly for the user to open the package, correct? And another thing we might consider in this process is is, is the um, environmental impact. You know, what kind of products are we using? We might come up with a product that's easier to open, but maybe it's not as safe for the environment. So this end aseptic presentation uh, is really the end point and an opportunity to really look at how we're using the products and how easy is it for the end user to open and um, maintain those products on a, on, a, on a sterile field? So this is the first episode, and it's really just the introduction into a series of podcasts talking about packaging, uh, terminology, design, event-related sterility, and even transport. As we go through this series, and we're going to talk about the different topics and look at those topics really in a way that we never have before, in kind of a 360 perspective, if you will. From that viewpoint of not only the end user, those folks in sterile processing, but from scientists, manufacturer and engineers. So the next episode in this series talks about the last 100 yard survey that was previously conducted. Can I have uh, one of you give our listeners a sneak peek in what that episode is and what it's about? Yeah, John, this is Kat, and I can go ahead and give a little bit about that one. Um, so as many of the listeners probably remember, we sent out, this group sent out a survey around the end of the year holiday timeframe of last year, and it was a long one, and we apologize. We tried <laughs> to make it as succinct as possible, but, you know, you put a bunch of people on a call, we all got questions. So we sent out a long survey, and we had an enormous amount of respondents. I mean, it blew what we were thinking out of the water. We were hoping that we would get something like a couple hundred and we ended up getting about 1500 people that actually oh, responded wow. to that survey. So there is a lot of data that we got from that survey. And we, in the next episode, we wanna really dig deeper into what information we got. What data did we find from that? You know, we asked a lot of questions about what practices are happening in the hospitals because, you know, we are really sort of focusing in part of this survey on the, that last hundred yards. So what were some of the practices that healthcare uh, professionals were seeing? Not just what, you know, was at their hospital, but, you know, what's going on across the country? Because we had people from all over the all over the country. We even had some individuals from other countries around the world that responded. And it wasn't just one group of individuals. We had a lot of um you know, the demographics on our respondents were, you know, 
pretty broad. We had them from different departments within within the facilities. We also had them from different experience levels, some that were brand new to their to their position and their role, and then some that were, you know, lifers. They'd have 30 plus years, 40, 50 years experience in that role. So we got a lot of really good information. In the next, you know, podcast episode, we want to really dig into that and kind of share that because I'm sure if there are listeners that were part of that, you know, they want to hear what we found out. You know, they took the time, the probably 20-ish minutes to go ahead and fill that survey out. So we really want to let them know. We've been teasing it with an article that came out about a couple weeks ago, but or a week or two ago, but we're going to really dig deeper into that this next episode. Great. I, I can't wait for those results. As you see it, what is the future of the KIPP movement? This is Jen. Uh so the future of the KIPP movement, um, I think, is being written as we speak, for the most part. I think that we're off to a great start. We've got a lot of passion behind it. Um, we're still, I would say, kind of evolving into trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up. Um, <laughs> we're, we're starting to, to hit some you know, big questions, like how do we fund these projects? And how do we keep people engaged? and continue to bring forth um, value to the industry and and keep the momentum going. So I think that we're destined for great things because we've got a great group of people involved already. So I'm not going to say how it's going to end up. I just, I don't know, but I'm really excited to find out. I am too, Jen. I think the collaboration between manufacturing and the users is just really dynamite. Um, I think together we're working to solve a lot of issues that we have in the user's environment. The expertise that you have in industrial packaging has certainly helped us out a lot. And I think together as we collaborate and pull together our expertise that we're really gonna do a lot of research and make tremendous improvements in the industry. That's great. So, and I think to just piggyback on that, this is Dave. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to get involved, then by all means, reach out to us because like all of the other industries and committees like the Amy groups and whatnot, we we need you. You know, I could see the poster with Uncle Sam pointing at us. We need you. We welcome you and we could use your support in this effort. Speaking of reaching out, uh, if anybody is looking to join and they're just really motivated and moved by this, we are uh, Jen mentioned it earlier. There is a LinkedIn group that you can reach out to there. It's, you know, KIPP Innovations and uh, Kilmer Innovations and Packaging. Um, that's probably one of the main hubs of where, you know, we, we can be reached at. Um, or uh, I'm sure John and you may be able to, like, put some information in the bio of this and we can kind of give some of our emails or something if anybody has any questions for us or if they want to reach out. You know, we're happy to include more people. So what kind of commitment is expected if, if you want to be involved in this type of group? I was just going to say it's really up to really up to the individual. Um, you know, you, there's a continuum of being involved in meetings only all the way to really engaging and running projects that fall into each category. So it's, it's really up to the individual. I'm, I'm totally on your page, Jane, and I'm, I'm evolving on this too because I've been a little concerned lately about maybe a little attrition um, because we either don't have enough projects to support the number of people that are interested 
or we don't have enough people to support the projects that we want to entertain. And so I, I, all of the groups are a little bit in a crossroad in discussing this concept, which is, you know, it's not bad. It's like we're in our adolescence, right? So we're figuring it out and that's fine. Um, so the involvement could be asking questions um, that can then appear in this podcast. I think, you know, Sue and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, some of the best conversations that we've had have just come up organically through our, our, our group meetings where all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, what did you just say? Correct. Really? I agree. And then we would go into like a, a total digression that was so much more valuable than some of the things that we were talking about before, but it was, we, it also leads us to understanding um, and then being able to identify where those pain points are. I completely agree, Jen. I actually think, I mean, just for a little bit of anecdotal information, I mean, the whole idea for this podcast came out of one just team meeting where we were all talking and we kept going back and forth between, wait, when we, when I'm saying primary packaging, I'm meaning this and that's what one packaging engineer is saying. And then the healthcare professional like Sue or someone is saying, Oh, I don't think it's that. So, I mean, that's actually how the idea for this podcast even started. And it kind of grew into a completely different thing, not different thing, but a, a bigger idea and now we're looking at a series and not just an individual you know handout or something to help i think you're right and I, everybody brings something to the table and if if you are out there listening to this and interested you know don't be intimidated by our resumes in 30 years here 30 years there if if you've got a couple of years in uh austin brings tremendous value to the committee and he's two years out but so uh these <laughs> organic discussions uh, they just really fluoresce. Um, we get a bunch of people together and we start uh, brainstorming and discussing things and you never know where it's going to lead. And that's the really exciting part about all this. Yeah, Dave, that's, yeah, I, I, you, I agree. Yeah, I was just going to pick up, Dave, right? You're going right where I was uh, headed to. Bring whatever it is, bring yourself, your passion, your experience and your views and your questions. And uh, you know, a lot of us that are on this on this call are ha are very involved in Amy and in ASTM and other standards groups, and and the work that those groups do is really great. What completely sets this group apart is these open conversations where we're just we don't really have a strong. And there's not a strong agenda. The agenda is to make things better, but mm -hmm. it's sharing of information that completely sets this organization up apart and so how can uh you may have an impact well join us and and i, I and i think jen said hey it could just be a question posted on our linkedin page that we answer or you know reaching out to one of us with some questions or i'm i'm unclear about something about kip or as you hear about the different programs that uh, uh and projects that we have going on that Hey, that one's interesting to me. I think I could contribute to that. I'll tell you what, I just we just got a communication from somebody, a packaging engineer over in Europe, who was really interested in what the last 100 yards group is doing. And he's like, gee, can I join you? Because I've done research in that area. So um, whatever you bring to the table, it's gonna be that of value to us and to this effort. You know, another thing, Ralph, that's come out of the meetings as users is we've brought up some of the issues that we're facing and the problems. 
and the packaging engineers, if they don't have the answer to it, they're actually doing the research to help us to resolve some of the issues. And a couple things about our meetings. Um, they are remote, so I'm home working, and many of us are home working, so it's not like we need to get in a plane and travel somewhere the, to join the meetings. is very easy. And another thing about the meetings is I find them enjoyable. We've had a lot of laughs along the way. So not only are we developing better ways of performing packaging, but we're also developing really good friendships. And I think that's wonderful. I think the collaboration, once again, between the user industry and manufacturing, it's just going to help improve the processes that we're doing. And we do need more people involved so that we could see what else is going on in the industry. And we do need an awful lot of help. You guys are making my heart sing right now because you, you've captured the spirit of what KIF was intended to do and you're bringing it forth. So nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. One of us, one of us. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. It just, it, uh, when you start getting involved and you start seeing, uh, things happen from it it's exciting and it builds momentum and you kind of get stung by it so and like ralph said i've participated in a lot of different groups and committees and this one just being so organic and free-flowing i mean you just if you're a user out there and you want to bring things to the table like your experiences and what you see in the field that's that's dynamite and that's gold to us uh and the and the same goes for on the industry side that's such a great word, Dave. Momentum. Um, I think my favorite part about this group is, is it's really not work. Um, it, it's fun. Um, hopping on every meeting and getting to hear everyone's thoughts and just questions, just the open environment really lead, lends itself to, I think, collaboration and, and innovation in, in due time. Being part of the last 100 yards group has quickly translated into about, you know, three to four different committees or, or project teams. And um, I'll tell you what, Learning is fun. Well, so I, I challenge you that on that one, Austin. Is I agree with you. It, it doesn't feel like work, but it is work because I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to some of the conversations that we've had and brought it into discussions um, with customers that I have, with uh, internal colleagues. Um, it's just it's this whole new world of information to share that I didn't have access to before. It's helping me get my job done. It's helping me understand how to do it better. It's, it's so many things. And Dave, I'm really glad you brought up the concept of it doesn't, you don't need to have 30 years um, experience. Um, I, I claim 30 years and I, I say it more from, from surprise than pride because I still feel like I know so little. I mean, just when you think you know packaging, it bites you in the butt and says you don't know nothing. Um, Absolutely, and yeah. It's, so uh, I am so glad, though, that you talked about that because I don't want people to be shy. This is this is something that's big, right? It's helping people. It's helping us. Yeah. There's nothing more enlightening than that fresh perspective, things that we might not have thought of that are brought to the table. And also pointing out some of those things that maybe are tribal knowledge that we don't realize that we, uh, being in the industry even just a couple of years, have already sort of forgotten that not everybody knows that. So someone that doesn't have the, you know, 20 years experience, they can absolutely still make an impact. I think from my perspective, when I first started hearing about uh, the KIP and this focus in the last hundred yards, 
and I, just to reiterate everything that you guys said is this is all about collaboration. You know, each of you represent a different, you know, a different aspect within this group. You know, I know we, we label each other as users or manufacturers, but just talking with you guys, I don't feel like a user. I feel like a part of a group, right? And I think that's so refreshing. You know, just the collaboration, it's such a unique group to get the entire picture of what's going on instead of just my certain viewpoint. So this is great. And it's so great to hear you guys and to hear your passion. So with that, that's going to wrap up this first episode in the last hundred yards series. I really can't wait to get into the next episode. Great. Thank, thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you so much for the thank opportunity. You, John. And great questions. Well, that was a great conversation. Thank all of you again for being on the show today. I really can't wait for the next episode as we dive into that survey. I hear there's some interesting stuff waiting for us, so I really can't wait. Episode number 44 is in the books. Thanks for listening to the show. Great news, you can get a one hour CE credit for listening to this episode. All you have to do is click on the link in the episode notes, fill out the required information, and select the code LAST100YARDS. Again, the code for this episode is LAST100YARDS. Remember, keep an ear out for the next episode always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. As always, stay classy, and we'll see you next time.